1: And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage,
0: stillbirth, and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects and rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Hello, and welcome to this special edition of the worst girl gang ever. We have recently received news of the guidance published by the Miscarriage Association. Woohoo! A set of recommendations for sonographers and how to deliver bad news during obstetric ultrasounds. Mm-hmm. Now, we are, of course, super, super pleased about this new guidance and wanted to discuss it further. And who better to do that with than one of our very own gang members, who also happens to be a sonographer. So welcome to Emma. Hi, Emma. Hello. Thank you. For Hi.
2: Me. Thanks it's for coming into the studio.
0: You. Oh my God, that joke. <laughs> every time. I know. Every time. Write in on a postcard if you are also getting annoyed. <laughs> 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 with that silly joke oh dear Hi Emma. Emma it's great to have you here do you tell us a little bit about your professional self
2: yeah um so I am an obstetrics and gynecology stenographer so obstetrics includes early pregnancy through to your 12 week 20 week and third trimester scans well I started training for it in 2018 and qualified last year so I've not been doing it too long and but previous to that I've uh, worked as a therapy radiographer um, which is where you give cancer patients treatment uh, with radiotherapy so I've worked in a lot of caring and compassionate roles prior to being a sonographer Mm. so I came into sonography just because I was a bit nosy really I kind of just fancied a change and I've always liked the idea of being able to do scans quite like the technology side of it as well Mm with um, obstetrics in particular that's what drew me into the profession I really wanted to be able to give a really good patient experience to women and their families throughout their pregnancy yeah that is my thing just patient experience and And when you
1: started training did you train on the job as it were were you shadowing someone else
2: yeah so it was a kind of um you went to uni for a few weeks block and then you would be back in the hospital training you'd be assigned a mentor but you would work with that mentor and other members of the team as well so you'd work with different Every day to see different people's practices.
0: And what were your mentors like? Were they people that you looked up to? Were you
2: especially, yeah, especially my obstetrics mentor? She she was a midwife previously, and oh, so she okay. came midwifery route. she's just got so much knowledge. And then um, she did a lot um, with Public Health England to do with like, the FASP guidelines and the screening processes um, for twelve week scans, that kind of thing. So, oh, fantastic! Just got so much knowledge to draw from. That's
1: great. And when you started training and shadowing these people. Were you surprised by how many scans, twelve week scan in particular, I'm talking about, ended with a missed miscarriage? Yes,
2: really, massively, yeah, because it's such a, it's still kind of a taboo subject, like people don't talk about it, and obviously I knew that going into scans I would, I would find miscarriages and the different types, of mis- I didn't realise how many different types of miscarriages there were either until I became a sonographer. So yeah, it was quite surprising and it was the one thing I dreaded the most was giving bad news to patients. Yeah,
1: yeah. Oh. And is it, as a sonographer, is it, do, can you tell pretty quickly?
2: Yeah, Pre- yeah, sometimes really? very obvious, sometimes it takes a bit of investigation and yeah, with the 12-week scan it's quite obvious and with the early pregnancy, it takes a bit longer because there's so many different variables. You know, dates can be slightly out. Yeah, yeah. Things change so quickly yeah. in early pregnancy. But certainly with the 12-week scans, it takes just a few minutes to re- realise what's going on. Mm.
0: When you started thinking about having a baby yourself, yeah, had this crossed your mind that you could be one in four?
2: Yeah, and it okay. terrified me.
0: Did it? Uh, but
2: From my experience, if you look at the grief cycle and things, I didn't really go through the... Question in part because I already had the medical knowledge Uh um I never imagined it would happen to me twice in a row within six months.
1: So talk us through your experience Emma if you could.
2: So found out I was pregnant for the first time this January we've been quite lucky it hadn't taken us that long we didn't have to try very long until we felt we fell pregnant I felt kind of okay odd days of of symptoms but not particularly strong symptoms Um mm. I got to about six seven weeks and they kind of peaked and then kind of ebbed away a bit
0: did you ever scan yourself at work
2: yeah I scanned myself and found out I'd had a miscarriage
0: it was that you your scan no
2: you're not supposed to scan yourself as a obviously <laughs> it's, no, it's not, not. for this reason but I was at work I had it was quiet and I because your
0: symptoms had subsided
2: disappeared and I had a tiny bit of spotty oh of my goodness pet. And then, yeah, there was just no heartbeat. And I've been for a private reassurance scan a few days before, and I'd seen a heartbeat, so I knew there was one previously. Oh, so were you on your own? Yeah, I had, yeah. So, so I had. What did a, you do? I asked my colleague who was working at a store to check, and she. It was quite difficult because we we're working in gynaecology not sonography. The not obstetrics. The um the machines aren't set up quite the same. So she said she couldn't see a heartbeat either. So then I had to go to early pregnancy unit the next day and it was confirmed. Oh bless you.
1: Oh, I'm so sorry.
2: I had to drive home from work on my own, blood to see I don't even I can't remember that journey getting home. It's a forty minute drive. It's quite scary, really. And but so that was
1: a, a missed miscarriage, presumably. Yeah. Oh.
2: Yeah. So then um I had surgical management for that. And this was just just before COVID kind of really hit, it was the end of March, um, which was fine, all very straightforward. Again, all, it was all ca- carried out with my colleagues. It was a bit of a strange situation. It all felt very public, even though it wasn't public.
1: Yeah. yeah. Did that help in a way that you had people that you knew around you?
2: Yeah. Especially the early pregnancy nurses, who are really good friends of mine as well. It was just yeah. it was nice for me. I'm not really sure how much my husband got out of it, because he'd never met them before and didn't really know them. And I think, to be honest... Because it was me and I'm a sonographer, they maybe explained the scan in kind of medical terms. What, what, what does no FH mean? Like no fetal heartbeat? Like I can
0: completely relate to that because I don't know if I've mentioned before that I'm a nurse on here, have I? But I worked in gynaecology for a, a not a very long time and it was a long time ago, but because the staff knew me and they knew what I knew, they did the same and explained everything in, in medical terms. Mm-hmm. When you're in that situation, none of that stuff hits home. You're just, you are laying there with, I call it the lightsaber, the lightsaber (laughs) up your feet, so vulnerable. Yeah. The medical terminology doesn't go in. No. It's Mm. just, it's just an awful situation to be in. I didn't want to be a medical professional when I was going through that. I wanted to be a normal person.
2: And it became evident on my second, so my second um, pregnancy fell pregnant again in at the end of April. So it was the first cycle after my second after my first loss. I was given a reassurance scan through early pregnancy unit because of my previous loss. And I was so ill with pregnancy symptoms, classic pregnant person. Oh. Walked in. I'd even had my HCGs checked, my blood my hormones checked. They were fine. I before Walked in thinking I was eight weeks and the baby had died at six weeks. So I was back, back to where I was before and it was, yeah, it was horrendous. It was.
1: And that was during COVID?
2: During COVID, yeah. So
1: your husband wasn't even there?
2: Um, we had a system where in EPAC only, early pregnancy unit only, they could um, come in for the scan, but they weren't okay. allowed for the rooms. But as soon as I got called through to the scan, they could come in. But in other areas of obstetrics, there was no partners allowed, so... Yeah, I was really grateful that he was there. Um, and yeah. again, I signed up again for another surgical management. But the difference in the second time was that the baby had died slightly earlier, and before the guideline cut off of when we can call a miscarriage or not. So, if a baby measures below a certain millimeter, you have to have a rescan in a week's time to make sure there's been no growth. Um, oh, and really. And I fell in that. So it was a week of just limbo waiting, even though I'm yeah. looking at, like, it was quite obvious that there was no, there should have been a heartbeat with that size baby. So, yeah, we had to wait another week for them to fully confirm it before I could have the surgery.
0: How did I you manage had, being in limbo?
2: Well, I still had all my pregnancy symptoms, still had sickness, uh, indigestion, tiredness. So I'm we in the middle of having my house renovated. So we we're living out of our living room. That was the only mm. room we managed. So it was very claustrophobic. It was full lockdown so no one could see us. I don't really
0: know. I don't remember much of it to be honest. Spent a lot just of time tell on. people what was happening in yeah. that week.
2: Yeah. I've been always well, been very open with my family and friends about it. It's only just recently I've become more vocal about it on social media. Yeah. Both from a personal kind of this is why I've been a bit of a rubbish because <laughs> 'cause I've not really been around. But also as a professional thinking, well, you know, if anyone's gonna talk start talking about it, it should be me because I've Good got for you.
0: Thank you. I've got
2: that, I've got that platform and, and the knowledge behind it to say, look, it happens to, to lots of people.
0: And what's the reception been like? Um, I've had a lot of people
2: saying, like, how brave I am and, like, how strong I am. And I just think, I don't know how I feel about this term strong. I think you strong because you have to be. Yeah.
1: <laughs> not, you, you don't just, get a choice yeah. in that, do you? <laughs>
2: um, but yeah, there's a lot of people, and a lot of people have messaged me and said, I've also been there, but I've never really spoken about it.
1: Mm. So, and yeah. so talk us through because so many of us have been there Laura and myself included a mis miscarriage mm-hmm. at the 12 week scan how would you personally tell a lady that that's happened
2: so when at the beginning of the scan any early scans a sonographer should always say i'm going to be quiet for a few minutes just so that just so i can like get an idea of what's going on so i can get a good view of what i need to see and that kind of you a bit of time to really get a picture of whether things are going well or not. You also have to make sure you've got all of your measurements and everything you need before you break that news. Because once you've said that bad news, there's no coming back from it. Like there's no way you can carry on scanning a lady. Yeah,
1: you know? of course.
2: So you kind of do that as quickly as you can. Uh, your heart's like racing, like trying to keep a straight face because every time you scan someone, their eyes literally burn into your face because they're looking. Yeah, for something. Okay. <laughs> they're looking for some kind of reaction or emotion. Mm-hmm. But I always, I always put the probe down and I always look at them, and I found it really difficult with COVID having a mask on because I think it, it, it hid so much, so much of my emotion that I ended up taking yeah. it off. Bad news. Uh, i would just say I'm really sorry. I think I have, I've seen what I've seen isn't what we've expected today from your dates. You think you're 12 weeks, and the baby's unfortunately measuring sort of 10 weeks or whatever. I've not seen a heartbeat today, and I would have to specifically, explicitly say I'm really sorry your baby's died. And that's how we were trained to say it because if you say it any other way, if you say, I can't find a heartbeat or it gives a bit, a glimmer of hope that someone else might find a heartbeat or mm. you have to be very clear.
0: Do they ever say, are you sure? Have you, have you, if you oh, check yeah. properly, are if you if sure yeah. you haven't got it wrong? And
2: with them, um, you should always get a second opinion anyway. So I don't, I'd explain, look, I, this is what I found, but I need to get someone else to confirm. I'd never go and get someone else without saying anything. I'd always tell them what's going on.
1: I think that question's for me, that was sorry (laughs) for me that was the hardest thing in covid because because I was on my own I had heard it from the sonographer and then the second opinion but because my husband was in the car park I then had to tell him and he had to come in and he just had my word for everything Mm
0: -hmm. so you know I
1: said they'd said to me firstly have you had any pain or bleeding and then they said just as you said you know they explicitly said I'm afraid your your dates don't match and your baby died at eight weeks approximately eight weeks but then obviously when I was telling Rob it was only my it was only me going I'm there's no heartbeat there's no heartbeat so then when he came in and they looked at the sonographer and they're like she's the top sonographer and still he was just like but could they be wrong is there any way they could be wrong and I think it's the hardest thing to accept from a professional but to accept it as a partner Mm from your and I was hysterical you know it's when, just
2: when I scan before I even start the scan I will always say have you got any pain have you had any bleeding how are you feeling because anything they can tell me can sometimes give me a heads up that something's not quite right before I even start that scan I would never say it during a scan because that would just heightens the anxiety anxiety straight away but yeah even my husband when we had our scan he said are you sure and I remember laying on the bed being told well, I was just, I was just sobbing and I, and I remember saying to my colleague who was scanning me what is wrong with me and in my back of my head from what I know like there probably is nothing wrong with me and it's probably just a you know bad luck as they always say mm. but I became that just patient in that moment I lost all sense of health professional all sense of sonographer
0: yeah
2: Forgot all of my medical knowledge, and it is—it's just heartbreaking. I, even as a sonographer, breaking the news—it's heartbreaking. And there's not one patient that I'm I sure. don't care about when I go home at night when I've had to give that news, especially during COVID. That was it's it, the
1: worst. And as you say, like you having to wear that mask when I when it happened, when it happened with me, and I was on my own, and there was that lady in there with the not just the mask but the plastic.
2: Think, yeah. yeah,
1: and she just said, "I'm so sorry, I can't touch you." Uh,
2: yeah, my name.
1: And it was just
2: i broke this words <laughs> and, it just, and yeah i didn't say that but i did but, and no, I, I mean we'll I, probably I, cut that to be fair <laughs> <laughs> i went back like, too soon after my first miscarriage because of covid i felt like i had to be back on the front line helping out my colleagues i just seemed to get all of the miscarriages like did you? all my yeah, i got like three a day on one day how um, did you cope doing that how
1: did you cope because i literally came into this not feeling at all emotional but hearing you tell your story which is so similar to mine it's just broken me how did you do um, that in person
2: on the third one of the day she worked at the hospital that i work in i didn't know her it was completely different completely on her own and she was sobbing her heart and i just burst into tears i couldn't hold it back anymore and i just said i've i've been where you are today and i'm so sorry I, was like, I I literally, I know how, I know how it feels to have that ground ripped out from under your feet. Yeah. To be that person to do it to someone else.
1: Because really in so many ways, as a woman, without all the background knowledge that we have, once we have had a miscarriage, as a woman that hasn't had a miscarriage, you're just going for the picture. And yeah. you're going for the Facebook and announcement and the, mm-hmm. and the Instagram picture, aren't you? And you're already yeah. thinking of funny little quirky things to write on your pregnancy announcement. Yeah. And that is, it's, it, you're exactly right, Emma. It's having your, your future and your everything ripped out from underneath you in, the, in such a cruel way.
2: Yeah, and in the blink of an eye as well.
1: So in the cool. blink of an eye.
2: My anxiety just got so bad. I couldn't cope anymore. And it got to the point where I said, I just can't be professional enough anymore
1: yeah were your colleagues supportive
2: yeah my managers were really good good as well
1: and how did you deal with that anxiety
2: I've got the calm app, so I use a lot of that okay but usually my coping mechanism is to go to the gym and just kind of thrash it out of the gym yeah I hear you there (laughs) and now for my second loss my anxiety is through the roof and I'm starting counseling on Monday and I think a lot of that is because I'm because I'm scared of going back to work yeah but I have to get back
0: (laughs) <laughs> it's my job well hopefully they can talk you through some strategies and yeah. techniques to maybe CBT might be
2: Yeah, helpful that. yeah
0: yes
2: yeah, so I think I'll be staying away from the early pregnancy unit for a while so obviously you get uh, m- sure. a lot more kind of sad news there than you would do in a normal obstetric
0: could you be moved to a different yeah. department for a little while
2: possibly but I'm only trained in obs and gynaecology for sonography okay.
0: oh blimey I wasn't <laughs> expecting to get emotional yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. so emma these new guidelines that have just been announced this morning what does that mean for you guys for you guys on the front line
2: it's more of a uniform language that we should all be using it's a lot kinder language and less medical and i yeah. think it's well overdue to be honest
0: yeah so what was the training like that you had before now with giving bad news
2: just watching people do it really okay. And there was a a short clip we watched at uni, which was quite good. And that's always stuck in my mind. And that was more about behaviours rather than what you said. You know, screen sharing and things, what you can see and and kind of putting the probe down, turning to the patient, looking them in the eye, which I I do anyway. It's kind of a second nature to me now. um, Mm -hmm. I did my radiotherapy days. But apart from that, nothing. You kind of have to, they tell you, you have to find your own pattern, You have to find your own thing, which is a bit of a minefield because once you're qualified, you're working on your own, no one's checking what you're saying to people. yeah. So that's why you get such a broad range of experiences people have great experiences and people have really not so great experiences but it's because we've never had really any formal training on what to say or how to say it yeah so the guidelines um they've come from a really good collective of people actually Um so sonographers midwives and um, public health england supportive charities the lady who is actually done this study as a psychologist a couple of names on there that I know I've been to like an early pregnancy training day with a couple of them and they taught those sessions and they were really good and there's a tiny tickers charity on there who deal with supportive families with congenital heart issues so it's a really broad range of people who have been involved and they got a bit they got a workshop together with patients just to find out their experiences really of what had happened when they've received bad news. What they found out found that was really good during those experiences. Mm -hmm. Also the kind of the bad things that they remember. And a lot of the the bad that they remember is the the language that and Mm -hmm. the tone of what was said when they were delivered that news in the scam room. Because I mean you two will be the same as me. Um, you'll never forget those words that are said to you when you when you are given that news. Whether you understand that terminology or not at the time, it still sticks in your mind and it's imprinted in there forever.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so to always remember that what you thought was your baby being referred to as the product does mm. haunt you, doesn't it?
1: It yeah. it really does. And also, I think it must be so easy for sonographers to, because that's what they do all day, every day, take for granted the mm. language that they use. And I think when you use the same language day in, day out, especially in, in like clinical industries, it loses its meaning completely. So you end up saying things without really knowing the meaning behind it or really remembering the meaning behind it. But yeah. for that one person who you're examining, that meaning is is for the rest of their life. The meaning of your words is going to live with them forever. So it's just so important, such a huge pressure but such a huge amount of importance that lies on on your shoulders as you're doing that scan yeah
0: i mean it's such a shit time to, when you're going through a miscarriage the last thing you need is it, for it to be made worse yeah. yeah you can't make it better
2: no
1: you can't
0: make it better but, you but you can with stop carelessness it from, you can stop yeah. it yeah you can yeah. stop
1: it from getting worse We're one
2: of the one of the few countries in the world who actually um deliver the news in the room so in a place like america the sonographer will write the report and it'll get sent to the doctor and the patient mm. to the doctor afterwards and the doctor will have time to kind of collect their thoughts, collect that information and oh. then say it in a way they want to say it. Whereas we've got, like I said, the, the pressure before of, you know, everyone's staring at you. People want you to say something. yeah. And we're trying to desperately do our job, do the measurements, do everything that we have to do mm. whilst thinking about, gosh, how am I going to break this news? What am I going to say? How, how can I do this without messing it up? And there were times yeah. where I went home, like for instance, I scanned somebody I knew on early pregnancy unit and I had to tell them that they'd had a miscarriage. And for days I was like, did I say the right thing? Could I have done it better? Like for days mm-hmm. on my mind, like it's, I don't want people to think that sonographers, you know, scan that patient and then as soon as they walk out the door, we forget about them because we yeah, have, of course. Them. And you do worry, like, especially in the early days when you've newly qualified, you think, God, could I have done that any better? Did I do, you know, did I do them justice while they were with me? Did I look after them as, as best I can?
1: It must be in so many ways like the best job in the world to tell a family they're about to have a, you know, they're having a healthy little baby. And, and, and at the same time, like fucking shittiest poxy job ever. Yes. Have you ever, Are there, is there ever a situation where there's kids in there as well?
2: Yeah, and there's been situations previously where, a lady's come into the early pregnancy unit on her own with a child and, I and what to...
1: would you do in that circumstance do you have to tell them or would you
2: i just remember the, the little boy saying mommy why are you crying why are you crying oh I, uh, yeah i just got had to, i was stood behind the curtain like trying not to cry because i thought yeah like, literally had nobody to come and get him nobody
0: oh that's
1: horrendous it is i didn't know this is going to be such a <laughs>
2: emotional <laughs>
0: episode such a tearjerker such a
1: tearjerker
0: <laughs> Talk us through the guidelines then. What's there's five new guidelines, aren't there?
1: Yeah, this is testing you,
0: Emma. Now
2: yeah, I've got my notes here. I um, can see
0: you scrabbling around for. for <laughs> notes <laughs> They only came out today. Yeah, yeah. we'll let you off. <laughs> and
2: I'm just thinking because this is all written to much smaller bite sizes than there five bits so basically a lot of it is is around the communicate it's all around the communication shall i
0: read them out and then you explain about them you read
1: them out you explain and i'll offer some witty banter as and when i feel appropriate
0: all right
1: let's do it we've all got our roles now girls
0: first one is honest and clear communication should be prioritized even with uncertain findings. So what do they mean by that, Emma?
2: So these guidelines are um, It's important to know it's not just early pregnancies, it's across the whole scan spectrum. So um, it basically just means that you, you need to tell your patient and their partner or their family exactly what's going on at the time. So rather than seeing something that you're not quite sure about, or that you're worried about, or you've quite clearly seen that there is no heartbeat anymore I'm just running off to get a second opinion without saying anything yeah hey look I'm really sorry I've, what I've seen isn't what I've, I'm expecting unfortunately I can't see your baby's heartbeat I believe your baby died at this gestation whether it's six weeks or whatever and um, but I do need to get a second opinion so, so
0: this would apply to a, a 20-week scan where they are receiving news that there are abnormalities for example as well exactly so yeah,
2: okay. you know, if I'm looking at spine and i think oh, that looks like a spine bifida i need to say i'm really sorry the spine doesn't look as i'd expect it to look i have a suspicion that there's a spina bifida mm. but i need to get a colleague to confirm that my suspicions or at least as a, that they confirm that there is something not quite right and then they'd be referred on to fetal medicine where they'd look into it further but it's, it's just it's about being
0: completely open. Yeah,
2: of course. And explaining what it is. And as, as the guidelines say, you know, you must say the terminology, you must say the medical terminology because without a doubt, those people are gonna go home and Google it. Yeah. And that must
1: be in itself, the Google Not thing.
2: Google the my life. <laughs> mm. No, because
1: you can basically find what you want to find or what you don't want to find. You know, it's yeah. all there. It doesn't matter which, what you search for, you can find
0: Exactly. you're dying thing, whatever yeah, you look for you're, you're dying <laughs> 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 headache brain tumor yeah, exactly. got a
1: sty in my eye pretty sure i'm going to die next week
2: <laughs> yeah so it's, it's about you know telling the medical term and writing it down as well so well, that's number two
0: isn't it so technical <laughs> terms should be used but these should be written down together with their lay interpretations
2: yeah exactly. what's a
0: lay interpretation please
2: so it's telling them in words that they would understand
1: not okay. medical terminology. Okay, so literally what I've just asked you to do. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. <Ding>. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if it's a bifida, you, say, you know it's an area where the, the spine the spine hasn't quite closed properly or you know there's a gap in the spine that shouldn't be there, it's kind of explaining it and showing them on the screen, I will, I will always show them on the screen exactly mm. the area that I'm looking at to say you know, this isn't quite how we'd expect it to look.
1: And what do you do, how do you react to when people ask you questions because I know if that happened to me I'd be saying well what does that mean and what do we do now and how much of that are you allowed to explain or do you then have to kind of just refer it on to special Lists.
2: yeah so it's it's a case of prevention especially because in all, in all honesty i don't know a lot about those conditions i know enough to recognize them and you know the, mm. know a little bit about them
1: what they look um, like yeah
2: exactly, but i can't say to what extent it would affect the baby's life you know whether those conditions are ultimately life-threatening to the baby yeah. um so it's you the guidelines are that you you would get a second opinion and um, they'll be referred to on that day, to a fetal medicine midwife, who would, you know, give them a bit more information, and a, and another appointment with a consultant within three working days, and they come mm. back for a scan with the consultant, and they would they would do the whole twenty week scan again, the whole anomaly scan, okay, and, and pay special attention to the areas that we're worried about.
1: You're very popular, Emma, with all Sorry. these emails.
2: You know, to
0: it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> So the third guideline is that unless expectant parents use other terminology, mm-hmm. baby should be used as a default, even in early pregnancy. Can we just have a round Isn't of applause for that, please? About oh, bloody time. No <laughs> products of conception. Shouted
2: from the rooftops about that one. That was so yeah. happy that was in there. So it's my favorite
0: one out of all of them.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Because my baby our baby was removed from my body during a routine scan after I found out that it was a miscarriage they said, they kept saying, oh, this this is pregnancy tissue. And then they referred the, the product. And we actually did not know if that meant that the baby was still inside my body or if it was now outside my body. And I think for them, these doctors to go away and my husband and I sat there devastated, but, mm-hmm. but still not knowing if, if there was still a baby in my body was just horrendous.
0: And having it to horrendous. ask that question as well. Having to
1: say, sorry, is that our baby? Do you mean? And even then we said that to the, to the nurse we said just have they just taken our baby and they said that was the the product yes okay we're still
2: yeah, going with product then I still find it shocking that people think it's okay to use that term regardless of mm. guidelines or not I just
0: well isn't it because the like the surgical management of miscarriage used to be called the evacuation of remaining products of conception
2: same products yeah That's it's still something. written as that and when I write my scam reports we have to call it products of conception and retain products I would never say it to a patient.
1: If their argument is that by using this sort of humane language, like baby, is that it's going to be too upsetting for the couple, which I kind of felt like what it was when we were in hospital, you know, we said, is that our baby? And she replied, that's the product. Yes. It's like she was worried about saying, yes, that's your baby. I'm so sorry. So if the argument is that it will be too upsetting. I mean, that's just bonkers, right? We're already upset. We're already broken. All you're going to do by using the term baby and by humanizing the whole thing is come and stand in the trench with us, recognize us, validate us, see us, hear us, support
2: us. Yeah, absolutely. 10 weeks 20 it doesn't weeks. matter it's still your, your baby. baby you thought about that baby's first christmas the yeah. first yeah you then. don't
1: announce it and say oh yes well the good news
0: is we've had a product of conception yeah. so That's you know nice. congratulations it's, on your product of conception it's guys it's about it's about validating it isn't it and the best yeah. part of that guideline is that they say even in early pregnancy and yeah. i think mm-hmm. for so many people listening to this they will have felt like their product being miscarried it invalidates it and it makes people feel like they can't share it with people they can't share their news they can't celebrate the what would have been or mourn for for their loss it's
1: i think it also is in danger of making women feel a bit foolish a bit silly Mm. for for mourning and grieving yeah it's the whole
0: shame aspect isn't it
1: it is absolutely absolutely it is because you just oh
0: yeah I I won't go off on a rant here. (laughs) We could go on about that guideline for a long time, I feel. But we shan't. We'll move on to number four, guideline number four. At initial new disclosure, communication should focus on information provision. Talk us through that one, Emma.
2: So that one, um, I believe, is around when you first told them um, the news that their baby has died. It's all about having that report written down and having the information that they need and what they should have written down. But it's also about signposting that, that, that patient and their family to support as well. From my own experience, I after my surgery, that was it. There was no kind of emotional follow-up, how are you doing, do you to speak to anyone... So I've always, even before my losses, I'd always write things down, like the Miscarriage Association. Uh, SANS. I also received an Aching Arms Bear. If you've heard of them. Oh yeah, mm. with the little green. Yeah, yeah. And it's amazing how much that helped me. At 32 years old, I never knew anyone to hug a teddy bear so much. Oh bless and you. And my husband as well. He he used to sit on the sofa and just cuddle it at night. Um, so them, or even when I, you know, when I've done the 20 week scans and there's been, you know, the heart abnormalities. I'd prefer that I'd show them the information for tiny tickers, that kind of thing. So just giving them that kind of extra information they might not get from midwives or, you know, that they don't feel like trawling through the internet to find themselves. Just give yeah. them a starting point to, to get that extra information and support.
0: Is it also about providing them with the next steps?
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, so we've done this. This is what we've found or what we think we've found. Yeah now I'm going to be referring you to the consultant and right. we'll organise you an appointment for whenever yeah
2: or in the case of an early pregnancy like I said earlier with mine being too early to confirm a miscarriage it would be here's your appointment for a week's time and then you'll have another scan and we can give you more information at that point okay or if it has been a point where we have unfortunately confirmed that the baby has died they would get those three options um you know the surgical management kind of the waiting it out letting it happen naturally or the medical management
0: mm. but a lot
2: of that in certainly in my trust will come from the early pregnancy nurses rather than the sonographer
0: well that's guideline number five actually mm. leads us nicely on because it's, <laughs> well expectant done, Emma. parents should not be asked to make decisions during the scan so like you just said your three options that would be once they've got their clothes back on exactly sat down chatting to The consultant, I assume? Yeah,
2: or or the nurse. It depends on how highly the nurse has been trained and that kind of thing. Um if people if if families or patients ask me what their options are, I would say, you know, you, you are going to be given a range of options, but I do say that they'll be explained in more detail by mm. the next professional they see. Number five is also about getting your patients and their families into a designated area and not leave them to wander out that scam room by themselves. It's kind of take, leading them to that to that safe space.
0: Hope Which is ideally not a waiting room with lots of other pregnant exactly women. that,
2: yeah having that separate space where they can just kind of start to process what what they've been told obviously they're not going to process it in that short amount of time but it gives them that area away from the scan room to kind of take in that information and then take in the additional information of what happens next and also with that not asking people if they want to make to make any decisions in in the scan room also applies to scan photos in my opinion a lot of people will say do you want?" Some people don't want to see the screen at all. And some people want photos. I always say, do you want to have a photo of your baby? Depending on. Do you? I've,
1: never had, you that. I, I've never had a photo. I wasn't offered. And I never, at the time, I never thought to ask.
2: So I will only ask if, the la- if I think that the lady is capable of answering that. But, even if, but if they're not capable, I would always print one off and put it in their notes so that they could come back for it. Or the, the, the nurse specialist who spoke to them after me could say, the sonographer's printed a photo. Do you want to take it home with you?
1: Oh, man. I think that's such
0: a nice thing. I would have absolutely loved loved that. I would have done. I remember my first scan that I had of Bertie, um, which was probably my 20th ever scan, but the first one of an alive baby like oh it was so precious it still is so precious but i would have loved a picture because i feel like that validates it more as well when all you've got is a pregnancy test which the line fades over time and at the end it stinks on it so you don't want to keep it really do you i would have loved that but Yeah, yeah i like i said earlier before we started recording i'm so shocked that this guideline even has to be in there oh uh, yeah I was, having had the number of scans that i've had i've never ever been asked to make any decisions during the scan it's shocking that, that the guideline has to be there but obviously it's there for a reason so yeah. you know that's terrible for the people who have had to go through that yeah but on the whole this is all really freaking positive.
2: Yes. Really good. It. it is important to note that it is guideline and it's not, it doesn't have to be implemented, but I would hope that departments take this on board and really run with it. And it will yeah. take time to filter through the system. You know, people, some sonographers have been doing this for, you know, 30, 40 years. They're not going to be able to change their terminology in the blink of an eye and remember oh. it every time.
1: And it's force of habit as well, isn't it? When, you, when it is your job day in, day out, it's very easy for us to all criticise, and but it, if you've learnt a certain way, you need to unlearn it, yeah. and that that does
0: take time. Yeah. Yeah, and these old school sonographers will have been taught to say products because that's professional. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, like you say, it's going to take a while for it to filter down. Sonographers
2: will change quickly, and I think it's filtered down to the rest of the healthcare professionals, like your consultants, midwives, to then come round to the same way of thinking as well. But Hopefully we'll get there. This is a massive mm. step in the right direction. And I'm really massive,
0: massive step. It's always Great. a thing that I've
2: said in my training that there's a massive hold for this area. This this is something that should have been addressed a long time ago. And one of the reasons why it hasn't, and they talk about it in the paper that was written, was there wasn't really a consensus on what the right terminology was, like what yeah. should we be saying.
1: And the reason that there's not is because no one talks about it. And the reason that no one talks about it is because we're all embarrassed and ashamed. And the reason of that is, is years and years of social conditioning.
0: We've got the world to rights, girls. <laughs> yeah,
1: so, but Laura, Laura, do you notice also that this has come out sort of since we've started Worst Girl Gang? I mean, well, I have think to say, that's... I mean,
0: my husband, Scoop, did say to me earlier, well, why is, that, why is this happened now? This is a bit weird, isn't it? With you guys doing your podcast. I was like, yes, exactly. Exactly, mm, exactly. It's because of me oh, and thank but, you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's not because of us, but it be- is because of our gang. Exactly. Our people, yeah, of course. All this whole community that has spoken up for themselves, stood up for themselves, and spoken out, paving the way for Women the future. In the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And
1: also, if you just, it just shows that when you feed back although you don't feel like it, and sometimes you just want to go and get in your little cave and cry. At that time feedback is so important for for your experience your whole experience if this had
0: happened to you feedback 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 tell everyone yeah. what it sort of experience might, had. It might be your feedback that makes that change but if this person that's re- receiving that feedback gets it four five six seven times then they might think yeah. okay that wasn't just one person we need to start think thinking change. about changing things but it all starts with one person yes absolutely amazing thank, so thank you, I you so gonna much you were going to sing a song about change then <laughs> i don't know any about change i don't know that
1: i probably do know it i just don't recognize it
0: <laughs> it's probably my singing yeah. well yeah Fair i did enough. like to say just what well, about tupac tupac sang a song about changes um didn't he oh yeah
2: so.
0: everybody will be the
1: same that one
2: yes some yeah. things will never
1: change <laughs> Oh, well that's not relevant. That's not appropriate in this context, is it? No. Some things will <laughs> Let's stop there. <laughs> let's leave the uh leave the thinking for this week. <laughs> Emma,
0: thank you so, so much for
1: coming yeah, and sharing. Emma, your story. it's been so interesting to chat with you and we are so so sorry that you are a member of the worst girl gang ever. But
2: it's a it's a we're in good company, mm. Oh yeah, <laughs> massive. Thousands of lovely people out there that I've come across on instagram that i would never have normally spoken to
0: yeah Uh, there's
2: such a such a great community spirit between us all
0: do you want to share your instagram handle emma
2: so my instagram is m so em underscore maxwell
0: 29 so thanks for joining us emma please keep in touch and we will chat to you soon (laughs) thank you (laughs) and
1: once again everyone else thank you so much for tuning in and we'll be back next week Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week.